Welcome to Walk Church today. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I just want to greet you. My name is Hayden Ratner, and I'm the senior pastor here at Walk. Thanks, Julio. I appreciate that, woo. And uh, love you guys. And from my wife, Nina, and I, we just, we honor you and are excited to jump into the word here today. If you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say ready. Let's eat. Let's eat from the word. We've been in a series that we've titled Level Up. Look at the person next to you and say, it's time to level up. Hit the other side too and say, this is for you too. It's time to level up. God brought you here today because he wants you to level up. God desires for a level up season in your life. And so here's a quick definition of what it means to level up. I'll just put a few on the screen. One is to go higher. That you're, at, you're here right now, but God wants to take you higher. That he wants to increase something. He wants to improve something that he wants to make a move in your life for the better. And so you just happen to jump into this series where we're making moves here at Walk Church. We're moving towards better. We're going to a higher level, a higher standard. And I pray that God would, he would touch something in your heart, in your mind, in your life. And he would say, hey, psst, you, whoever you are today or online. And he would say to you, I want to take you higher. In order for you to go to the next level, here's what we need to do. And that God would give you that thing and then you would take that step. If you got all that, say, I got it. Got it. Got it. So we've been talking about that. A few weeks ago, we talked about our mission here at Walk Church. We talked about leveling up the mission of Walk Church. And here's our mission statement. Our mission is to free people to walk in Jesus. That we are passionate about freedom. Freedom is our culture here at Walk. That we want to see people set free to walk in Jesus, experiencing the freedom that's found in Christ. In other words, this is how we make disciples. The, the, the mission is the same on whatever church you go to. Jesus gave the mission to his church to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, right? And how we do that is we believe a disciple is somebody who's been set free by the gospel of Jesus to now walk in Jesus. So Jesus didn't just set you free. He set you free with a purpose, he set you free with the purpose to now have Jesus himself live his life in and through you. That's why the church is also known metaphorically as the, maybe you know, the body of Christ. That you can never experience Jesus in his fullness until you're walking in him among his people. That Jesus wants to live his life in you, through you. That's why we call ourselves the hands and the feet of Jesus. Amen? Does that make sense? Right, So freeing people to then take a step, to walk in Jesus. That's our mission. When we see that happen, we have what we call a vision. The vision is what we want to see. Here's what we want to see. We want to see every disciple know God, find community, discover their purpose, and then make a difference. We believe true freedom happens when a person comes into intimate relationship with God. They get to know him. It's, it's different than just knowing about him. It's different than just knowing facts and stats and information about Jesus. Knowledge, Paul says, puffs up. We don't need our brains to get bigger about just knowledge. We need to actually know him relationally, right? Knowing God is the key. We spent the last two weeks talking about what it means to know God. I gave us a quote last week. I'll just go ahead and remind you of it because we're gonna enter into the next section here in a minute. And that was this, the primary calling on our lives is not to do something for Jesus, but to have a relationship with Jesus. Hear me, let me say it again, just in case you're still kind of 
focusing in. The primary calling on your life. Tap the person next to you and say, this is for you. Just so everybody knows this is for you. The primary calling on your life is not to do something for Jesus. Let me remind you again, Jesus doesn't need you. He's not waiting for you to do something so that he can actually be fulfilled. Jesus is all good. He doesn't need you. He wants you and you need him. And here's what he wants. He wants you to know him because when you know him, he begins to do the work through you. He doesn't need you to do something for him. He wants a relationship with you. Does that make sense? So that's why it's so important to not miss the know God. You can't get into the other ones until you can say, yeah, I know God. That was my story as a freshman in college. When I was confronted with the gospel and I realized, you know what? I, I, I know some things about Jesus, but I don't really know him personally. Jesus says there's gonna be many people, Matthew 7, 21, many people on that day will get to heaven and they'll pull out their, their list. Jesus, let me tell you all the stuff I did for you. And Jesus will say, I know, but I don't know you. How about this? The, the, the name of Jesus holds power whether you even know him or not. You could do stuff in the name of Jesus just off his name alone. And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm glad you used my name to do stuff, but I would much rather know you personally. And so the primary calling on your life is not to do something for him, but to know him. Does that make sense? If you got it, say, I got it. All right, I hope you get it. Because Jesus might say, say to you on that day, say, remember when you were at church and you said you got it? You didn't get it, <laughs> right? Know God. Knowing God is nothing better. Knowing God is where, that's the secret sauce. That's where it, whatever it is, that's where it's at, is knowing God. What we're now breaking into is the second component of our vision, and that's find community. Find community. Oh, we got a clap? Okay. The extroverts in the house are like, yeah, this is our stuff. The introverts are thinking, when should we leave, right? <laughs> Come on, don't slip out of here. Please commit, lock in, take the challenge, stay for the rest of this service. Don't log off. Don't jump off the YouTube or the Facebook online. Come on, God might have something. I believe he does have something for you in this, in this message, finding community. I'm gonna talk to you today why finding community is one of our core language statements that we believe somebody who's been set free to walk in Jesus, number one, knows God, and number two, finds community. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now as we get ready to jump into your word that you would unlock something in this message that changes us. God, that you would impart something into our hearts. You would download something into our spirits over the next few minutes that changes us for eternity. Help us to know your heart for community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to title this message, Level Up the, Level Up the Vision and Finding Community. Our vision is our mission realized, right? It's one thing to have a mission statement on a screen. It's another thing to see it realized. Our vision is our mission realized. Find community. This is going to be part one of our series on finding community. When it comes to finding community or when it comes to asking any biblical question in general, here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Always go to the word. Always go to God. God himself has a lot to say about this topic and I feel like we can even learn regarding finding community in the earliest days of creation. 
Turn with me if you have a Bible to Genesis chapter one. I want us to just look at the beginning story of how we all got here in the first place. In Genesis chapter one, we find God creating. In the first 25 verses of Genesis one, you'll find God the Father doing his creation work. But then you find in 26 something happens, a game-changing moment, a dun-a-dun, dun-a-dun moment right here. This is a highlight for all my sports fans. Lock in to this highlight. <laughs> Coming in at number one, Genesis 26, one, number 126, here's what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is where God creates. Now, if I can look at verse 26 with you, I wanna put two highlights on the screen. And I'll just go ahead and shout them out to me if you see the highlighting words. Us and, come on, say it one more time. Right? Here's this moment where God decides to create human beings, the first ever Adam, the first ever man. And here's the language he uses. Now let us make man in our, can I just ask you a deep theological question really quick? Who is God talking to? I hear, I hear all types of, the Trinity, the Trinity, his son, his spirit. Friend, check this out. When it comes to finding community, can I just go ahead and remind you that God has always been in community? That there's never been a moment recorded in history nor the Bible where you can find God absent from community. That God in himself is a community. God in his fullness, if you distilled down God, you'll find that God is a walking community. That when God decided to create he looked over at Jesus and said, Jesus, I got a great idea. And Jesus said, I, got, I, I, th I think your idea is great, God, because I got the same idea. And then the Holy Spirit says, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to agree with you guys that we should create a human being in our image. And not just in our image, but in our likeness. And they're the Son of God and the Father God and the Spirit of God. The triune God had three distinct God beings all making up one God created man. And whoa man. And we're created in the image and likeness of God. Friend, let me just go ahead and remind you that you have immense value, that you're a big deal. Like, I don't want you to think of yourself too highly. The Bible would tell us not to think more highly than we ought to think. Here's the reality though, you're created in God's image that God's fingerprints are on you, that Jesus created you, the Holy Spirit shaped you, that God the Father thought of you, and you exist today, amen? That in itself is wild. But let me go ahead and take it deeper, that, that the image you're created in is an image that values community. The likeness that you're created in is in the likeness of community. That there's a reason, hear me church, there's a reason why you have a longing deep within your soul to be a part of something. 
that there's something that's built in, hardwired into your soul that's longing for community. Why? Because you're created in the image of community. You're cre- it's built in you. Even if you feel like you hate people, you still want people. You can just go ahead and think back maybe to high school. Think back to middle school. Think back to when you were at school. It seemed like there was these different groups, right? These like cliquish groups, right? The sports people hung out with the sports people. The gothic people hung out with the gothic people. Right? The more nerdy people that are probably paying all your salaries now, right? (laughs) Uh, Hung out with their people, right? The different groups of people hung out with groups. Friend, people are grouping. People are getting around. Even if you're like, I don't want to be around people, you'll find somebody else that doesn't want to be around people and be like, yeah, let's hang. I hang around with people that don't like to be around people because we don't like people. And it's all of a sudden a group of people that go against the people. But they're really with people. God's hardwired it in us to connect because that's what the Father, Son, and Spirit do. They connect. That God wants you to find community, brother, sister. He's built it in you. Let me go ahead and speak it to you like this, and maybe this could be a revelation for you. Maybe it might be helpful for you. It might be convicting for you. Maybe there's times in your life, and I know this has been true for me, where you find yourself maybe alone or maybe just on your bed or in the break room or maybe because we're so addicted that even at the stoplight for 15 seconds, we'll pull out our phone and we'll scroll. We'll jump on Instagram, we'll jump on Facebook, we'll jump on Twitter, we'll jump on TikTok, we'll jump on Snapchat. What am I missing, right? And we'll, we'll do a quick scroll through. I remember when I was playing a pickup game not too long ago, basketball, we, we finished the game, we're getting ready to start the next game, and one of my, my bros, he said, hold on a second, guys, and I, I watched him. He went and picked up his phone, he, he went to Instagram, went like this. All right, I'm ready, guys. I said, what was that? He didn't even know what he was doing. And here's what it is. When we do that, there's there's this agitation in our spirit. There's this longing for connection. There's this, because when we do that, it ends up feeling hollow. And it ends up feeling more frustrated than actually fulfilling because what that is is an indicator that you need more community. What you're doing is you're looking for a longing that God put in you that can only be fulfilled in togetherness. And and what you're doing is you're looking for that hole to be filled through a social media that was never even able to fill it in the first place. And then you get frustrated. You pull up your phone, man, nothing new. Let me go jump to the other app. Nope, nothing new. Let me jump to another you start texting people. Hey, 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 what's up? What's up? I need a text back. I need somebody to validate my existence because I'm longing for community. It's built into us. And what I want to encourage you with is, is until we go find it, we'll never be fully free. Until we go intentionally say, okay, I'm gonna go get the right community in my life. I can't solo Lone Ranger this thing. It's impossible to be a Christian without each other. Can I just say that? Listen to me. 
You can still go to heaven without anybody. Faith in Christ is sufficient to punch your ticket into heaven. You are saved by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone to get there. But, but friend, you, you on this earth will never experience the fullness and freedom that Jesus has for you until you find community. And the digital world can't solve it for you. I, I was thinking about this just yesterday. My family and I, we went to uh, Mountain's Edge Community Park for a fall festival. We got to see Pastor Ryan and Kirsten from Image Church, a church that we planted that was doing city engagement there at the park. And it was like one o'clock and we just hadn't ate lunch yet. And so they had this little trick-or-treat area. And of course my kids were like, no, we're not trying to go to lunch right now. We need to go trick-or-treating right now. And I was getting hangry because they had these corn dogs over on the other side. And I don't, I don't even really like corn dogs like that, but I was hungry. It's like, man, I'm trying to get over there. They were like, man, we got to go trick-or-treating. So we started going through all these booths. And you know what I started doing, right? I started popping a Skittles pack. <laughs> like, let me, what you got over there? Let me get one of those little bite-sized Reese's, you know? Let me get one. And let me do another Skittles pack, right? And what does that do? It just, it doesn't fulfill what you're actually looking for. It actually ends up making you feel a little bit worse about the decision you just, at least that's for me. I'm like, why did I just eat three Skittle packs? Ah, you're longing, you're longing for something real. When you go to social, and I'm not an anti-social media guy. I'm I'm, I'm anti anything that takes the place of God and what he's called on your life. I, I think you can use it for God's glory. I think you can use it for something that is helpful and healthy. But when you go to it for your Fulfillment of community, it's like going to the Skittles in place of your favorite meal, right? Like that, that's, that's taking a, a little, and no shade to Skittles. I love y'all Skittles, but I would rather take a meal from Chef Michael Mina any day than a pack of Skittles. Come on, somebody, right? I'm just giving them a little plug, right? That's community compared to something false. And I wanna encourage you, the fine community component will change your life. I'll put our mission statement back up on the screen here. It says, freeing people to walk in Jesus. Let me go ahead and go deeper. Freedom happens in community. Freedom finds itself in community. So people are never gonna be fully free until they start working their freedom out in community. If you think about how physically someone gets free, it's gonna take somebody to unlock a cell in your life and then walk you into your next season and stage of life. Freedom is about community. I know that there might be something in your head where you're like, I know I just don't like people. This is a word for you. This is a word for you. I get it. People are messy. People are risky. But freedom's there. On the other side of your community is freedom. I found this to be true in, in my life. As I, as I go back to my story, I start to think about my own personal journey. When I became a believer, I talked about it last Sunday. You can go watch the sermon online or listen on our podcast, walkchurch.com. But I talked about how I got a Bible. I began to know God. I remember my mom who's here, she mailed me a Bible to Virginia and I started to read in the Gospel of Matthew 
and I came across the verse where Jesus said, I never knew you, and I just committed. I said, I'm going to get to know Jesus. He's going to get to know me. He's going to get to know every part of my life. But not long after that, I realized that the God in me wanted to connect through me. And so I realized, okay, I think I need to, I think I need to go to church. Because that just is the thing to do. And so what I did was I found people that were going to church. And I said, hey, can I go to church too? And they said, yeah, show up here and you can ride with me. I showed up. I went to church on Sunday. Then I found some other people at church that were going to a campus ministry at the school called Inner Varsity IV. So I said, okay, what, what night is that? Well, that's Tuesday night. Okay, well, I go to FCA on Monday nights. That's where I first heard about Jesus. So let me join. Now I got somewhere to go on Tuesday night. I'm at InterVarsity. Well, at InterVarsity, somebody says, well, check this out, man. Actually, on Wednesday night, I go to Campus Crusade. I said, what's Campus Crusade? They said, it's just another, another thing to go to. I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll meet you at Campus Crusade. And then I met some other people, and the, they saw me reading my Bible. What you reading? I'm reading, in, I'm reading the Word. They said, well, I'm part of a ministry called Do-Rag, Divine Unity Righteously Applying God. And I said, what's do-rag? I thought that was something you put on and get your waves up, you know? Like, they said, no, man, it's a, it's a ministry that we go deeper in our connection with Jesus and worship and, and life. You should come to do-rag. I said, when's do-rag? They said, Thursday night. I said, I, uh, I go to FCA on Monday. I go to Ivy Tuesday. I go to Crusade on Wednesday. I'm going to do-rag on Thursday. I go to church. Look, listen, I, you got to go find community. When you go try to find community, community will find you. All of a sudden, I'm knowing all types of people. Hey, Aiden, what's up? Oh, yo, who? Yeah. I saw you. Where are you at Crusade? No, I was at IV. Cool. And I, I got to a place later where I didn't need to go to everything. I'm just putting that out there. But this was a season in my life where I just, I realized the God in me, right? The one that let us create man in our image, that God is a communal God. It goes deeper than connection. It's not just connection, it's community. It's saying, okay, God's saying, I want, I want to bust up in community. Remember this, this quote that I gave you guys a few weeks ago is from Major Ian Thomas. It says, the same life Jesus lived then. Find him, go read about him. The same life Jesus lived then, he lives now through you. Let me ask you this. When you read the Bible and you watch Jesus, what's he doing? He's finding community. Jesus is going to community. Jesus is going and getting it. Some of y'all are like, I don't believe it. I just, me and Jesus, we, we super tight. That's all we need. That's all we, we got, me and Jesus. And Jesus is like, just read. That's not me. Look at, look at Matthew chapter four with me. Matthew four, Jesus is... He just got baptized by John the Baptist, which requires another person. And Jesus now starts his messianic ministry. This is when Jesus says, I'm about to show everybody what I came to do. Big moment. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Moment number two. Coming in at number two, right, is when Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. Watch him walk. Those are some cool Jesus sandals. And then he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And I'm so glad that verse 19 doesn't say, and Jesus looked at them in disgust and walked past them. <laughs> that Jesus, in his holiness, looked down upon them, shook his head, and just kept walking. That's not what it says. Jesus says, and he said to them, it requires communication. Community 
communication. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I'll make you people who find community. I'll make you go find people. I'll make you go get people. I'll make you go hang with people. I'll make you go spend time with people. I don't even know if they knew what they were signing up for. I'm going to make you go get around people. Fish for people. Now, Jesus was so compelling that immediately they said, this is way better than what we're doing. And they left their nets and they followed him. The calling, the calling of God on their life was so real that they even said, I'll leave my past identity as a fisherman to go follow Jesus in this new task of a fisher of men, right? And, and they said, you know what? Let's go for it. And going on a little further from there, he saw two other brothers. Now, I wonder if Peter and Andrew were like, dang, I thought this was just for us. Like, why has he got to invite somebody else? Like, Jesus, I don't know if those are the right ones. Jesus, Jesus, wait, wait, wait. He's already moving. He saw the two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee. I like Zebedee. Zebedee doodah. And John, his brother. James and John in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. They said, Pops, we got to go. God's got a calling on our life. We're gonna follow the Messiah, the Meshua, the, the, the Jesus. King Jesus is calling people to follow him. I love how Jesus says, here's how I'm gonna start my ministry as the Messiah. I'm gonna find community. Jesus doesn't go to the temple. He doesn't go to the synagogue. He doesn't go find the religious elite. He doesn't go find all the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees. He goes to the fishermen and says, you guys know how to find stuff. I want you to now go find community. Jesus is the model for community. Now, listen, if Jesus did that then, why do you think he's not gonna do that now? Through us. The longing for community in our souls is, is confirmation that Jesus is still connecting people, communing with people, that he wants you. This is real church, friend. Church is finding community. I would even say it like this. In our Americanized culture, and I'm not trying to shade or hate on America. That's not my approach. I'm just saying this is where we're at. And in our Americanized culture, we have such an individualistic mentality, independent mentality, that we have fooled ourselves thinking that church is a place you go. So that we'll say, hey, Rias, where do you go to church? Hey, Don, wait. oh, that's great. Where do you go to church? Oh, I want to go to church. Where do you go? That's how, we, that's how we communicate. Let me just remind you biblically. I'm going to put a reality statement up on the screen. Here it goes. Church is not primarily a place you go to. Church is primarily a community you belong to. That church was never meant to, to be a place you went Church was meant to be a community you belonged. I know this is, some, this is messing up some people's thinking right now. Just, this, just take a second, figure it out. The word church, ecclesia, 
by definition, is a called people together that have a similar affinity, a same focus, a same task. Friend, church is not primarily where you go as if you could go to church. Church is the community you belong to. A better, more biblical question is not, hey, where do you go to church? A better, more biblical question, what community do you belong to? I would even say you can go to church without being church. (laughs) You could go to a building that has singing and preaching without you ever actually going to church. The, The reason we come here is not just to sing some songs, hear a message, fill out a card or envelope, and go. We come here for more reasons than that, friend. We come because this is the community we belong to. We come to see each other. We come to say hi to each other. We come to worship together. That's why I sometimes give you some cues because I I don't want you to just go somewhere and not talk to anybody. That's why we love charge groups and we're gonna work out and get into some other areas on how to find community, I just wanna give you the theological landing place for community. We're gonna talk more about some on-ramps and how to go do this in the life of our church. We we, we wanna give you what you need, but I just wanna encourage you today that church is not primarily a place you go to, friend. I, I don't think it's anything less than this. That's why I say primarily, it's not that church isn't this, but church isn't where you go. If you, if you study the book of Acts, which is where the church was birthed, see if you can ever find a place where they're meeting together doing this consistently. Right? There's, there's not necessarily a, a clearly defined spot where church is consistently here and then it's consistent. It's, we're back, uh, back at church. I find the gathering of the body to be much more gather and scatter. And here's a letter from Paul to the Galatians. This letter of the Galatians was read all around the city of Galatia to the churches. If you can find where they're meeting, get there. Church is a community you belong to, not just a place you attend. If you got all that, say, I got it. I got it. I wanna talk to you about the significance of why finding community relates to freedom and why finding community relates to leveling up. Here's why. I wanna, and, I, and I'm gonna just go ahead and give you this a little disclaimer alert right now. We're in a level up season, and sometimes leveling up can cost you something. That leveling up can even sting a little bit. Leveling up can even hurt a little bit. Leveling up may pull something out of you, get something out of you to take you even higher. And I wanna go ahead and introduce you to a verse of scripture. Maybe you've read it before. Maybe you've heard a part of it before. Maybe you've seen it before, but you've never experienced the power of it. And it's going to challenge everybody in the room. If you're down for the challenge, just say, I'm down. Some of y'all are brave because y'all don't even know what it is yet. Thank you for the trust. Go ahead and in the comment section, just if you're down, just write, I'm down. I'm gonna show you this verse because along my journey, this verse has been a game changer for me. It's James chapter five, verse 16. That even in my life personally, this has been a level up word that continues to work its way into my life. Here's what it says. Somebody say go. Therefore, 
Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Friend, I can't tell you, okay, we got, we got, we got two class two. Some of y'all are bold. I like it. See, when I think about this, this text, what I realized, especially early on in my walk with Jesus, and I was just getting to know the Bible, I was just starting to open up the scriptures, a couple verses were starting to connect with me. And I would hear this phrase all the time. People would say, hey, Hayden, they'd text it to me. Hey, just, just so you know, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Hey, Hayden, King James Version, the prayer of the righteous person availeth much, right? Hey, Hayden, the prayers we pray are powerful when they're working. And then I realized one day, I was like, where's this verse? Where's the powerful prayer verse? I came across James 5.16. I realized this verse in its context gets the first part first. Therefore, therefore, since you came to Walk Church, you chose to level up, you're a believer in Christ, you're ready to know God, you're ready to find community, therefore, oh man, don't do it to me. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. I just recently, just, just a few moments ago, I talked about how freedom happens in community. Let me give you the other statement. Healing happens in community. Freedom starts to work in community. You start to be more free. You start to, you start to know people. People start to know you. You start to find freedom, but not just freedom. You start to find healing in community. That God wants to unlock a new level of healing, holistic healing in your life through community. Let's look back at James 5.16. Notice what it says here. It says, therefore, confess. Confession regards using your lips, speaking. Your sins, with an S, sins, to each other. Wow. Now, let me give you just some, some rules for this really quick. I don't want this to be taken out of context. I want this to be in its rightful context. I believe the Bible would speak to wise counsel, the prayer of the righteous person. In other words, this is not a text that says it's for everybody. It says maybe there's somebody in your life who you think is righteous, wise, and trustworthy. And I would even add another one, is gender specific. I think guys talk to guys. Ladies Talk to ladies and put into practice James 5, 16. Why? Because of healing. Notice it doesn't say confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be saved. Salvation happens between you and Jesus. Healing happens between you and maybe the person next to you. Salvation comes by faith in Christ alone. But healing happens to the, the people in this room. If I could give you a different solution, I promise you I would, because I don't like this verse any more than you do. But here's what I realized. Confessing your sins to each other should look like this. It, it, here's how it shouldn't look. It shouldn't look like, hey, George, so I went to church Sunday. Um, Pastor Hyden preached a message about finding community and confessing my sins, so I'm gonna go for it, bro. Here's my sins, and I need you to pray for me because I wanna be healed. That, here's how it shouldn't go. George shouldn't go, Man, ew, that's pretty bad, bro. Like, I'm gonna tweet about you. 
I'm gonna actually go to a prayer group and I'm gonna like say, we should all pray for Haydn because here's what he told me. No, no, you know what, how it should go? George should then go, I know, I heard the same sermon. Now let me go. So here's what I need you to pray for me for because I got sin in my life too. And then what we do is we do this. We both then tap into our superpower, which is this, Jesus. And he goes, pew, I'm ready to heal. He jumps right into the middle of two sinful people. And he says, okay, now that we're real, Jesus goes, first off, I already knew everything you just said. But you let somebody else know out of trust and love and out of a desire for healing. And now you're gonna invite me. If you just do confession, you missed the power. The power is inviting Jesus in prayer to do the healing surgery that only he can do. The, the power is not just saying, okay, I confessed, now let me go ahead and leave. Ooh, that was crazy. No, no, the power is then when you say, okay, God, I wanna pray for George right now and I wanna pray healing over his life. And then he says, God, in the name of Jesus, I wanna pray for Haydn right now. I wanna pray for healing in his life. And we walk out of that moment empowered with the spirit of faith and that prayer has great power and is effective. That prayer is effective. Friend, I wanna pray effective prayers, powerful, like this prayer is full of power but it doesn't happen if we don't find community. That healing, God wants to do some healing in your life. I bet you if I did, I'm not gonna ask us to do it, but if I did do a show of hands of who wants to experience more healing, if I said who wants to level up in healing, I bet you everybody could raise their hand. And I'm giving you the instruction from the text on how to experience the healing that you long for. You cannot sidestep community to get there. If you could, I would do it. But I've found that it's so much sweeter when you can look at somebody and say, look, I'm a real person who has some real struggles and real flaws, and I also am a Christian. And Jesus has saved me from my sins, but I'm also not there yet. One day I'll be perfected in my new holy body and mind, but in the meantime, I need you to pray for me to be healed. And then I'm gonna do the same for you, and man, it's sweet. Now, let me go ahead and also say, is it risky? It is. Is it worth it? It is. I cannot guarantee you, as the senior pastor of this church, I cannot guarantee you, if you live out James 5, 16, I cannot guarantee you that the person you are sharing with is gonna be trustworthy, is gonna keep that thing covered like the proverb said, is gonna actually pray for you. I can't guarantee that. But I would say it's worth it. Here's what I can guarantee. If you don't do that, you won't be healed. I can't guarantee that it's gonna be everything that you want it to be. And friend, honestly, it might be more than you want it to be. Might be, it might be everything you need it to be. Again, I'm not saying you gotta do this with your entire charge group. It doesn't say that. It just says each other. It could be one-on-one. But here's what I know. Where two or more are gathered, Jesus says, I'll be there. And we need him. We need the physician, Jesus, to do 
the healing. Healing happens in community. I just read this in the book of Proverbs. Let me show you this book of Proverbs chapter 28 on the screen. Let's read it. Let's read it together so you can make sure you read it out loud too. Ready, set, go. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive goodness and mercy. All right. They're going to receive the mercy that God has for you. Hey, level up season, right, church? It's a level up season. I want you to prosper. I want God to prosper your walk with him. I want God to prosper every area of your life. I want God to prosper your emotions, your healing, your heart, your mind, your walk, your talk. I want, I want this to be the most prosperous season ever in your life. Friend, how do you get there? Give me the playbook to cross that touchdown line. The touchdown line will prosper, friend. I like how Chad Veach says it, a pastor in California. He says, God doesn't heal what we don't reveal. God doesn't heal what we conceal. If we're concealing it, God's saying, if you just open it to me, I want to heal it. You ever had like a, a, a wound, a cut? You can't just keep the Band-Aid on it all, all your life. You got to give us some air, Amen. And, and friend, sometimes if you can just get with somebody you trust, you love, you're confident in, they're not going to gossip about you. Friend, if somebody does this with you, don't gossip about them. Please. Because then you're in sin and then you have to confess that. Yo, man, I, you know, someone confessed sin. I went, I went and sinned. I gossiped about them. So now I'm, I'm confessing my sin of gossip to you. Pray for my healing. <laughs> no, don't do that. You know what? Let me actually do this. Gossip about them to Jesus. Like Jesus, this person shared this with me. I want to pray for them. I want to pray that God you would heal them. I want to pray that God you would do something supernatural in their heart and that they would be free. And that someone would do that same thing for you. If you try to live the Lone Ranger Christianity, you'll never get there. I promise you this. You'll come back in October of 2022. You'll be no further along in your walk than you are right now. If you write off everybody in your life, if you don't invite people in, if you don't make the phone call, schedule the coffee meeting, go to lunch, get in a charge group, if you don't take that step, there's a brother that came down right after the first service, came down, grabbed me and said, I need to confess something to you. Can you pray for my healing? But man, that moment was so powerful. He walked away just like, man, that's what I needed. I'm ready to attack the week. This is going to be my best week. I took the band-aid off. God started healing something right here in the spot. Physical healing, Jesus can do that in a moment. He can. But you could be physically healed and still be spiritually sick. Right? That's why when Jesus heals the man in John 5, he heals his paralyzed legs. Jesus meets him in the, the tunnel and says, hey, man, I didn't heal you so you can go sin. I didn't heal your legs so you can run back to whatever club or whatever you're, you're doing. I healed you for holiness. I healed you for happiness. I healed you for freedom. I want to do something deeper. I want to heal the inward working of your heart. 
So that's my encouragement to you today, church. We're going to talk more about this topic next week, finding community. Oh, I hope you come back. This was the stinger sermon, okay? We're going to talk about on-ramps, practical ways to find community, ways that are going to give you some real tools and some, some next steps on how you can do that and where those areas are found in the Bible. But I hope that you're able to see between God saying, let us make man in our image and Jesus finding community. That if you're going to, I'll put this on the screen, freeing people to walk in Jesus, right? If you're going to walk in Jesus, you're going to walk in community. If, if you're going to really do that, like I, I put it up here, walking in Jesus leads to walking in community. To, to, to walk like Jesus means is to walk with people. Jesus said, I only can do 12. You're not Jesus, right? So you might only be able to like walk with like three people. It's cool. But you got to walk with somebody. You don't got to walk with everybody, but you got to walk with somebody. And I pray that would be, that that, 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 that would work healing in your life. You know what a good, a good place to start is? Let me go like this because I promise you I'm done. <laughs> to my married couples in the room, that's a great person to start with. There's been plenty of seasons in my life where I've looked at Nina and I said, hey, I need to confess sin to you. Would you pray for me to be healed? And that Nina's looked at me and said, I need to confess sin to you. Would you pray for me to be healed? And that's been a level up season in the life of our marriage. To have moments of confession with the people you're closest to that want what's best for you, that want to see you win. To be able to say, hey, I authentically, I'm struggling in this area. I'm confused about this. Help, I, I fell in, I, I need, pray for me for the purpose of healing in God's glory. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Jesus, that God, you're healing somebody right now. That you're putting it on somebody's heart. That you're, that you're putting somebody in mind. that you're calling somebody to level up. And so God, if there's somebody in this room right now that doesn't know you, Jesus, as their savior, and they're ready to confess their sins to you, to be forgiven and to be saved and to be free, I pray right now you would do that. You would just say, God, I'm a sinner that needs Jesus. Forgive me of all my past sins, present sins, future sins, and save me, God. By your blood, I am saved and free and healed. Just right now, you can call upon Jesus' name and be healed. You can call upon his name and be saved. But if you're here today and you are already saved, you know that your sins have been forgiven. You know you're going to go to heaven because you know God. But you know that there's also areas in your life you're not free in. There's areas in your life you're not healed yet in. I want to I encourage you right now. I'm just going to give us a, about a 20, 30 seconds in silence. Would you ask Jesus to put the right person on your heart for you to live out James 5.16? To even confess sins in your life. It could be secret sexual sin. 
could be thievery. It could be you've been cheating on something, betting, sports, money. It could be you've been lying at work. It could be that you've been wronging somebody here in the body of Christ. It could be that you have just been in sin and nobody knows it, but you do and God does. And God, right now, would you put put somebody in each person's life in this room that they can go to in confidentiality and say, would you pray for me? I want to be healed. And God, help us to take that step this week. Help us not to delay. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Help us to know what to do and how to do it. God, I pray for rich charge groups. Pray for rich conversations to come out of this message that your Holy Spirit would just, your Holy Spirit would fly into and begin healing. I pray that all together for your glory. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Amen, amen.